my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict, and I need it in my veins I'm an addict, otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em. But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse who you want, you can And I'm not really ashamed, I'm an addict I'm reclining with the brain, I'm an addict And the pot is what I'm playing, I'm an addict Russ and Rocky Other names Trade addicts pie Let's go I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem And I'm Senra Says and I say I have a trading problem That was clever, I like what you did there, that's nice Hey, yeah, I, I, was, I was glad I didn't mess it up. All right, so there we you, go. You did great. You did awesome. And then you interrupted me, and you just took all credibility away. And now this good night, everybody. Show's over. There's, there's no point in going on anymore. It, it went really, really high, and then just dropped low. And then it's just, what are we going to just end in the middle? You can't do that. No, yes, we're going to. Because this is session 271 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAB Network, if you will. And Rocky doesn't know why, but he just put his fist in the air. Clearly, he's not here. He has family to deal with. I have my priorities straight, so I have my kids outside making s'mores, you know, with their mom. Not me, not by themselves, because they're 8 and 10. And I would not trust them for the life of them with fire and sticks and well I, I would trust them with marshmallows chocolate and graham crackers but i guess maybe not like melted chocolate because fingers um but you know what that is the point of this show it's the it's fourth of july we're not here to talk about anything important and also preemptive apology i had to bring my dog down here with me because she was going nuts with the fireworks and my wife didn't want to deal with it, so she's down here with me. So I guess we all have to deal with it if she starts. So preemptive apology. Um, before we go, um, Kyle, why don't you remind every – because you've been on the show before. We talked about this before. And I'm like, man, I've been doing this so long. He's like, I think it, it was this year. And I'm like, dude, it could have been two weeks ago, and I wouldn't have remembered. And not had nothing to do with – I said barking, not walking on things. <laughs> he sat down when I said that. That worked. Um yeah, you know, like it could have been two weeks ago and I just, I wouldn't remember. That's like, time has literally just turned into nothing. Um, so why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, where they can find, who you are and what you do, and whatever else you just feel like saying right now. Well, uh, my name is Kyle Senra and my Twitter handle is Senra Says. And it's also where I, like a lot of my team names are named that. So if you're searching on Sleeper, I know some people have come to me, oh, you, you, this is your most rostered receiver in Sleeper. So, oh, okay. You That's just, not creepy you search that. So yeah, but uh, yeah, Sandra says so. It's it's uh, it's uh, yeah, that's uh, where I'm at, and uh, I do contribute to two websites, full press coverage and going for two. With full press coverage, I write articles. I'll do uh, dynasty rankings, but also weekly rankings in the season. And I actually, I guess they're published at both places, going for two and and full press coverage, my rankings. But uh, full press coverage, I will get into more articles in season. I write my goal line guide series. Um, and uh, yeah, I do. I co-host two podcasts, Full Press Fantasy Pod, which uh, I guess uh, this we just had our last official Dynasty episode of like the off season because 
like this point it's okay what can we project for the season going inward and there's so much a dynasty that applies like that that point of like the venn diagram of which things in redraft matter that also matter in dynasty we're getting to that point so funny enough i had rocky on uh sunday to record uh just to talk about our our, uh most rostered players in our dynasty portfolios and j mike on as well figured that was a good uh, group to have on to end the episode so uh so while Rocky's not here, I, I suppose uh, maybe, I don't know if I took his spirit during the recording and I replaced him here. But, uh, well, but, that uh, got a little dark. That That is, all right, you're into some some things apparently that dark. I don't know about. There you go, dramatic effect too. And no, you're clever, uh, look I'm at actually that. super appreciative because Ro- Rocky reached out and, and invited me onto the spot. So I'm grateful for Rocky. Unfortunately, couldn't be here, but uh, also am uh, great to wave the banner and uh, wave the flag and... Uh, Speaking Sunday of banners and flags, I see a Packers helmet behind you. Is, is yeah. that a thing for you, or is that a player that you like? Oh yeah, so the uh, well, the other podcast I co-host on full press coverage is the Full Press Packers pod. So, yes, gotcha. A Packers fan uh, that comes from uh, my grandfather, who was a Packers fan, and and just uh, uh, I remember there was a, there's a I think I still have it somewhere a, a football with the Packers G on it. I thought it just looked so cool, so I kind of identified that as if ever I was going to care about football because I'm in Canada, so mm-hmm. like. You know, hockey was more the priority, um, but uh, yeah. But I'm I'm going ahead of myself because I forgot to mention I also contribute at Going for Two. I uh, co-host, well, yeah, one show called The Dynasty Gambit, which we do a live streams every second Thursday. So not this next week. Uh, it'll be next Thursday, the thirteenth. Uh, will be our next episode. But yeah, we just talk about Dynasty, and uh, that's always great. And then on Mondays, I host the Press Coverage Podcast again every two weeks. And that's more one-on-one interviews with different people through the fantasy space and getting to know people. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be on the, the uh, Dynasty Addicts here. Okay, Very smart. Dynasty Addicts Network. It's okay, man. Breathe. I say wrong things all the time. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, all right. So next important question. Are you in Scott Fishbowl? And if you are, what division are you in? And what draft spot did you pick? I just made it in. I got the invite like Saturday. So uh, it was one of the last few. Uh, I kind of looked through, and the one that uh, really stuck out to me uh, is the craft division. Ooh. And uh, there's a lot of different things craft makes, but the first thing I think of is peanut butter. Oh, uh, see, I went straight to mac and cheese. I think most people would, but um, I guess like craft is so popular here here in Canada that like that's mm-hmm. that's almost it seems like Jif in the states it, it is like the most popular peanut butter, and I have had it, and I mean really. It's peanut butter. Like you can't get it wrong. Like like it's really tough to, to have bad peanut butter. But it j- just how it seems like that's like almost the standardized format that everyone likes is the best. I feel like in Canada, it's craft and those those two little bears. You just see them everywhere. So I, right, I but- immediately identified with the, the peanut butter. It stuck out to me. So uh, uh, and of the divisions I liked and like okay I like this food I like this food that had the that was the only one with the with the top three pick available. That's the number the one or two slot. At least was what I chose. I, um, I'm looking on sleep. We haven't officially been assigned, so I don't want to like take for granted that I for sure got that. But that was the one that I selected. So we'll see. So the very important follow up question to everything you just said: creamy or crunchy? Oh, I like both. Like I'm, I, I think you, you need both because there are certain times where I prefer to have smooth. If it's something I really want to spread evenly, it's kind of tougher to spread with crunchy. But I just love peanuts so much that I do love the taste of crunchy. So there'll be times where I, sh- I strategically want smooth. I suppose okay. if, if the effort uh, you know, used to prepare the peanut butter isn't taking into account just taste, I would say crunchy. 
but it's, it kind of makes you work for it a little bit because it's a little slightly tougher to, to spread. So yeah, yeah. If I, if I'm talking peanut butter jelly sandwich, to me, it, it it's smooth, it's creamy. Like maybe it's just because I don't remember when crunchy peanut butter like became a thing, but I feel like at least when I was like young, young, that that wasn't a thing, or at least I hadn't known it was. So I just to me, peanut butter jelly sandwich. First of all, grape jelly. Second of all, you know, creamy peanut butter. I, I never was able to work crunchy peanut butter into a peanut butter jelly. It just felt wrong. I don't dislike crunchy peanut butter. And I don't know how many things we're talking, you know, uses for peanut butter. But if we're talking peanut butter jelly sandwich, I need to go creamy. I need to go smooth. I, I just, I can't with the crunch. That's fair. Well, that really uh, chewed on that topic there, didn't we? <laughs> Clever again. Um Okay, so you went top three. So here's here's the funny thing, because it's third round reversal, which makes that like 11-12 spot really nice when talking about the most higher ranked players you can get. And, you know, I picked, I originally picked Reese's, I think it was. And then I'm like, no, I want to go to Honkerburger. Then I saw that there was Gusto's, and I'm like, all right. Well, it's Disney Pixar. I have to just do that. So I went with that. And apparently instead of, clicking 11 i clicked one <laughs> like my goal was to pick at the end but i i clicked the wrong end so i have the 101 and i have i'm torn between just doing what i think i should do and taking josh allen or patrick mahomes or do i play the gutsy call knowing how out of control travis kelsey scoring can be do i risk taking him and waiting to see what's at quarterback. Cause I don't even get the next turn. I get one pick on the turn and then it goes back to the other side. Like, so I'm not getting a second quarterback till pick 48 if I'm lucky. And I'll have to take one then <laughs> because like, I can't wait another 24 picks. Like, yeah, the risk I, of that second rounder could like, do all the good quarterbacks you'd want to take a second rounders go, and then you're forced to reach there knowing it's so long between your next pick. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to take, like, Mac Jones at pick 24, and then, like, like Kenny Pickett or Baker Mayfield or something. Like, uh, uh, yeah, saying that out loud makes me want to take Josh Allen first. Um, but that's, yeah, it's almost here. I'm very excited. I'm ready for it. And while we're speaking about it, if you haven't purchased anything from the awesome merch store, go hit up on Twitter at Fishbowl Merch. There is a link in the bio to the awesome merch store where you can buy, I think we're up to like 278 designs. And every penny of proceed goes directly to Fantasy Cares and you get awesome stuff. They came out so good. Like we switched shops this year and the quality of everything is just so much better. So much. It's It's so good. Like I can't. Like I say, I can't wait to start wearing them out in the world. I've started wearing them out in the world. It just makes me happy. Uh, okay. I guess I so, strategically chose craft division knowing there was so much gear for craft as well. So I, I ordered a craft shirt. And what frustrates the hell out of me is how awesome all of the hats look. No matter, I, I have not seen a type of hat with any logo that looks bad. They all look great. And the reason it frustrates the hell out of me, I don't wear hats, but I want them. But I'm like, I'm not going to start wearing hats. I, I I almost always wear hats when live streaming or podcasting. 
Cause, but I just got a haircut because I usually hate the way my hair looks with headphones. But when it's short enough, it actually looks fine. So you caught me in the rare day where I didn't need a hat. Oh, I'm used to streaming with Peter Howard, who like looks like the cowardly lion a lot of the times with <laughs> his hair and the headphones. So it, no matter what your hair got to, it would not reach that level. So if we're ever streaming again, you don't have to worry about it. Is, uh, I guess, is the Scarecrow on the Dynasty Dummies? Okay, well, that would be an interesting question as to who is i get you're gonna no brain in the dummy thing but now i'm just trying who is zach and yeah. who am i like i'm probably toto that's the bad part I'm, i I am not anything interesting well all right but speed does toto have a dog that walks on on things well now we're getting into like disney where like animals have pet animals and that's that's a world i'm not ready to talk about um, there's a precedent for it but yeah we, we yeah. can we could just talk about uh, us having uh fan, pet fantasy teams if you want I would play in that league. We have to, we have to, well, we have to feed it, right? We have to feed our teams with like, you know, players. Or right? you got to trade draft picks to to feed the the, the starting lineup. I don't know. Now I feel like we're playing fantasy Tamagotchi or something, and this is going in a direction I don't want it to go in. So now is when I'm going to make you make the choice. Do you want to do well trade addicts trade because we have one or listener questions because we have multiple? Well, I mean, this is the trade addicts podcast, right? And since trade is the first word in the title of the podcast, maybe that is the the more logical option is the first choice, right? Yeah, but I also have to start yelling at people, reminding them what the name of these leagues are, because, well, now that we're done with the live streams for Fantasy Cares, like, every single freaking day, I will hopefully get more time. Um, As if you're listening to this, which means you listened to us in the past, you know, last week I put out, like, a 20-minute episode by myself that I recorded on Audacity because I didn't have internet at all last week. And I work from home, which means I didn't really work last week. So... Like, what was it, like, for, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Monday? Like, work. I had to, like, catch up on four days of missing, not being able to actually work because I didn't have internet. And I'm like, oh, I have internet now. Oh, here's the 87 emails I got while I couldn't do anything about it. Oh, cool, great. Uh, so hopefully now I can go back to just avoiding doing my day job and do nothing but send out trade offers. So hopefully going forward we have more. But right now we have one trade in Trade Addicts 5, which is 12-team Superflex PPR, tight end premium, 1.75 points per tight end reception with 0.05 points for return yardage. And the trade is Khalil Herbert, Zay Flowers, Kadarius Tony, and Isaiah Likely for J.K. Dobbins, Darren Waller, and a 24th third. That was a lot, so I'll read it one more time. Khalil Herbert, Zay Flowers, Kadarius Tony, and Isaiah Likely for J.K. Dobbins, Darren Waller, and a third. All these Ravens players, I'd have to hope at least one of these teams has Lamar Jackson. Let's get some stacks. Um, I will tell you that I am in this trade and I do not have Lamar Jackson. So, you know, tricky. Uh, it's 1.75 tight end premium, right? Correct. Yeah. So I think that definitely, like, I, I'm pretty high on Waller for this year. But you're essentially like there's probably not even in such a premium. I mean, you, you know, you're, it's your league, both uh, both as commission and owner, and, and also as a manager in it. But you know, the the trade value on an older player like Waller, you know, is this is this like be like the last big trade that he's involved in, where like whoever's purchasing him is purchasing him just for the points and just for the, you know, for for this year essentially, and as uh, probably the leading receiver on the Giants, probably both in targets and catches, maybe even receiving yards, because he can, you know, 
well, some deep threats there, but he, he can stretch the field still, assuming he's healthy enough. Well, let me ask you, um, 0.75 premium, would you give up a 24 first for Darren Waller? No. Okay, just that that's all right. So keep going with what you were saying, because I just I wanted that answer so I could feed in my answer. When we get it, it does seem like the two oldest and like more productive pieces are on the one side, Dobbins, Waller, and then you've got you know a rookie in Zay Flowers, a third year player in Tony, a second year player in Isaiah Likely, you know, Khalil Herbert's still on a rookie contract. So it does feel even that twenty four third might be better served, you know, trading for it in season for a win now piece as opposed to trying to hold it to the rookie draft. So it's it it is very clear like a win now side and a rebuild side. So it it does feel like you know, I, I, my my first temptation was Dobbins and Waller, just because I, I see that gap in the running back. Like how much higher I have Dobbins ranked versus Herbert, both from a like a short term but also long term perspective. I just don't really see much upside with Khalil Herbert at all. Uh, but then, you know, a piece like Zay Flowers, for instance, who you you're asking, you know, is Darren Waller worth a first? I mean, Zay Flowers was like. You know, I, I don't know if you saw any drafts where he wasn't a first round pick this year, but I, I don't remember any. Like he was always very clearly a top yeah, ten was, pick in rookie draft. So player worth the first. He he was the one oh nine in trade addicts ADP. Yeah, uh, and I mean, yeah, we can talk about like specific leagues and how high that fluctuated, but like I don't, I don't think I ever remember him in the second at all. No. So you know, a player clearly I think worth a first. So. Already, we're kind of getting to, you know, Flowers probably worth more than Waller. Now, how many, man, you know, doesn't just because he's he was a first round pick this year doesn't necessarily mean anyone's going to give up a future first to get him. But, you know, reason to believe that at some point someone will be willing to give up a first for him in terms of value. So, got to pick the a side. four for three. The four for three does kind of make me think that, like, that, that say Flowers, and I, I'm enough of a believer in Kadarius Tony that I think I would take that side. But my first instinct when I saw it was, was the win now side. Cause I'm always like, yeah, let's go win championships. But just because you make, you know, push in doesn't mean you're going to win. So I don't know. I think, I think flowers could contribute enough early to make it worth it for that team that that can like, you know, they've got younger pieces, but they might still be able to hold an, uh, enough production to, to keep up and not really lose out. So yeah, I think I'm going with the the four the side with the four players and say flowers. See, this is when you should have stuck with your gut instinct and stayed with the Dobbins and Waller side because that's the side I got. Um, okay, so here here's what I was sitting here staring at. Um, I wanted Dobbins and Waller. Waller for every single reason you said because I think he's going to do very well this year, and that's all I really kind of care about. I am not the biggest Zay Flowers guy. He's good. He's all right. He's if I wasn't a Bateman fan, I would like Flowers more. And I know Bateman has shown us that he can't, he hasn't stayed healthy yet, but I'm not going to predict injury. I think he's going to come back. He's going to be healthy, and I'm going to hope he does well. And not to say this offense can't be great because anything is better for them than Greg Roman. Anything is better than what they had before. So we have to assume that more than just Mark Andrews is going to be catching the ball. And in my head, I'm saying I'm not the biggest Zay Flowers fan. I know his value is a first. I really like J.K. Dobbins because if that offense does do well, it is going to benefit J.K. Dobbins because he's their running back. There's no one really else there 
that can challenge him for every down work. Like he, like there's, it's not a situation where they have multiple backs they can rotate through to play in any given situation. J.K. Dobbins might be pulled off for third and long. I get it. That's fine. I don't think he should be because I think he's a good receiver of the football, but that's besides the point. But Dobbins, to me, can be an every down back in a very good offense. So it was worth overpaying a little bit. But to me, Dobbins still might be worth a first. Like To the right person, he is. But both Waller and Dobbins, I'm like, all right, early seconds-ish which is why I threw Zay Flowers and a bunch of guys, people that are probably worth late seconds, early thirds. You know, my original offer was just Dobbins and Waller for Herbert Flowers and Tony. The counter came back adding Likely in a third. And I'm like, I really like Isaiah Likely, but am I going to let that little swap stop me from accepting a trade I was going to offer? No. So like Khalil Herbert might be good, but I also have Roshan Johnson on this team. So I'm like, I'll pl- I hate owning backfields. Like I want to, plant my flag and pick it. So that's what I did. I, I went with Roshan. So I was good giving up Herbert, hoping to find someone who believed Herbert was the guy there. And Kadarius Tony, honestly, I have so many shares that even if I, he does hit and I miss out on this one, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, assuming Dobbins and Waller also do hit. So I don't feel bad about it, but honestly in a week, I'm going to forget I did this trade and not remember that they were on my team. So it doesn't even really matter in the long run, but I just, I think Dobbins and Waller bring enough upside to their positions that I did what I normally don't do. And I looked at my team and I'm like, all right, so I have a team that is not bad enough to get a top three pick, not good enough to be able to look and say I'm in the playoffs fine. I don't have a tight end. Let me get a tight end. My best running back. I have like, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, and Devin A. Chain. Like, guys that are like, if they hit, they can be really good. But I know J.K. Dobbins is going to be the running back for his team, so I'm good with that. So this, it felt like I was paying Flowers, which I don't think Flowers for Dobbins and Waller gets accepted. So I threw out Flowers and then just a bunch of stuff and i was lucky it seemed like i threw stuff that this player this person liked so i i I liked this trade for me and for him because i honestly did not look at their team like i will be honest like you're supposed to do the right thing and find out what direction they're going in and offer a trade that's good for both teams i'm like "Eh." i just went through and started offering trades because we didn't have any further weeks so i'm like let me just try and do something so I was very selfish and just looked for players I wanted and sent trades and it just happened to work well to be fair it's not like the counter wasn't that far off your original offer right so yeah so so you're within the good range anyway so I don't know if that's luck or maybe you just know your league that well you like you probably at some point like you, you, you know you're saying like you don't remember necessarily everything but maybe subconsciously like you had checked that team out before and you kind of knew what they were trying to do and even if you didn't remember in the moment you just or, or it was pure luck. It, it I, could be either or. I greatly appreciate the amount of respect you are giving me right there and benefit of the doubt. It is not deserved, but thanks. <laughs> I will say I, I agree with your point on Dobbins. And, you know, I think he's the best pass catching back on that team. There really isn't a receiving back profile anywhere there. Certainly not Gus Edwards. Justice Hill has, like, the body type of, of a receiving back. But, I like, I don't think he has any 
more career catches than Dobbins does. And, and Keaton Mitchell's a rookie, uh, which we expect from him. So yeah, if there's a, uh, they're going to start suddenly throwing to the running back. I'd expect Dobbins gets a lot of those targets. Crossing my fingers on that one. All right. So let's move on to listener questions. The first one we have is from at a very saucy dude. Fantastic handle. Um, three part question. One, are you guys involved in Devi or uh, campus to Canton at all? And if not, why? All right, I'll go first on this one. I'm in a league or two that involved Debbie. It's very, very light. Um, the reason I don't do both of those in reality is because I, it's too much. Like, I, I get it. Like, I can do light Debbie because I can get a gauge of people's value based on what I see on Twitter and hearing people talk. Like, Two two years out, you pretty much have an idea of what people think of a lot of players. And it's not that big of a deal. So it's it's easy enough. But, like, especially with the C2C where you have to actually play college fantasy football, I, I don't watch college. I never really – I've never really watched college. I it, It's honestly just – Oh, you don't watch Clemson games? No. I, I just watch videos of their wide receivers. Oh, okay. Same here, to be honest. I don't, I don't yeah. watch college either. So so that's really my big reason, for, especially for C2C, is because I literally just wouldn't know what I was doing. And a deep Debbie league, like I would honestly – see, here's the thing. I could do it, and I – you know, Debbie players are trade chips, just like rookie picks are. But my problem would be I, I wouldn't get best prices for anyone. Like I would end up waiting for – you know, like everyone started to love a couple of like running backs a year or two out. We started talking about Miles Sanders two years before, you know, when Bijan, when Bijan, Saquon was, you know, like a year before he was going to, his last year in college, we started talking about Miles Sanders, but like that wasn't a secret anymore. Like, so I have to pay those second tier prices already. Like I, I wouldn't be, I would be out sharked by a lot of people just because they knew what they were talking about for longer. And it would put me at a disadvantage, even though I guess that's a challenge for myself. But again, it's just, it's, it's more than I, I don't know it already. And learning more just makes my brain hurt. That that's my answer. I have a similar answer. I I am in one Debbie league and it's been running since 2019, 2020. Yeah. I think 2020, this will be our fourth season. And uh, you know, I, I feel like I've given that a good test. I at least, okay, I could say I've played the format. I don't enjoy it as much as just typical dynasty. So I don't expect myself to dive any further into Devi. And yeah, I don't watch college at all. So the, the idea of a C2C league, I think, is uh, that's that's way too much for me. Um, way too much. Like the CFL is nice because there's only nine teams. And, and again, I'm Canadian, so I love watching the CFL and a lot of the season's happening now, so it doesn't necessarily – there'll be overlap, like September, October. I, you know, I mostly just play daily fantasy for, for CFL anyway, so that's a little easier to manage once it gets to the in-season when it's the NFL season. Uh, but, yeah, uh, college, but way too much of a, of a big commitment to me. I'd rather – like, you know, there's a – I know, like, Dynasty Trade HQ, that they debate this all the time. What's, what's more extreme? Like, what's worse to join – a Devi league or an IDP league. And I, I definitely fall on the, the Devi side. Like I, I much rather would play in IDP than 
it's and have it's to really go funny. learn all these college teams and conferences. It's whenever I hear about Debbie Leeds, my first instinct is always to just hear Mike Sipes in my head yelling about how stupid it is and how much he hates it because he doesn't even like rookie picks. Why is he going to like Debbie players? He just trades all of his Debbie picks away immediately and calls it a day. I just thought of the scariest idea, Debbie IDP League. That would be... No, stop saying words. Stop uh, saying words. That's a problem for me. I usually like to talk a lot, though. (laughs) All right, so question two of this is, is there a market inefficiency in acquiring older running backs? He says 26 plus. Seems like the door is open for quick contender builds if you buy those guys cheap in the offseason. 1,000%. Yes. Um, It comes down to if you're willing to pay a price at a time where it is scary to acquire that kind of player. Like I, I want Nick Chubb on every single one of my teams. I am. I, I, I don't want to pay for him now. Like I want to pay for him in the middle of August. Like in my head, there's just far too much time running backs get hurt a lot more than wide receivers let me hold on to my young wide receivers and my picks let me hold on to my 24 first until the season's about to start and then let me go send my 24 first for nick chubb when nick chubb is scoring points he is easily worth the 24 first to me right now i don't want to send my 24 first for him like it just it the answer is yes absolutely because people get very scared off by running backs that hit 25 no less so 26 plus, you're you're absolutely getting a discount regardless. Like the nothing you have to pay for Derrick Henry right now is insane. So absolutely, if if you have the gall and the ammo to go get these running backs and a team that's competing, you should absolutely go do it. If again, you have the the stomach to make it through preseason and workouts and everything and not like bite your nails down to your fingertips on waiting to see if they tear their ACL or not. I guess to that point, the the time to buy in a sense, instead of August, maybe late September, when we've seen two, three weeks of the season, we have kind of an idea of what these players will produce. Maybe there's you know, something that that's more information in those three weeks than we're going to be getting in, in these three months waiting for those three weeks. So, yeah, but also price goes up then. Uh, I, I think as you the, mentioned, Chubb will be certainly worth the first in season, maybe less so now. Yeah. So yeah, that's really what it comes down to. It's trying to find that time, the the median between price and anxiety. I guess is is my. <laughs> so August does it. seem like that's the best time because you're, you yeah. still don't have any more information, but there's just less wait time. Like, at least you know training camps, uh, you know, some portions of training camp pass through maybe one or two weeks of the preseason. Right. And especially like now that there's only three weeks of preseason games, like Nick Chubb ain't playing week three. So give me week two of training camp. Nick Chubb's good. Fine. I'll go get him then. Of course he he'll cost a first by then. Cause the season's about to start. And if you're smart, that's when you, you start raising your prices for running backs. But I, I, it, yes, the answer is yes. You, you, if I don't need to say it again. You know what I said before. Part three. Best well, I would movie just say to watch. That, sorry, Russ. I'm going to no, interrupt go again. I've already done that. But, so I don't feel so bad doing it anymore. I'm, I'm used oh, to no. It. It was, yeah, I'm just <laughs> used, used to it now. Uh, but uh, all to say, I think that even you know a year older than Nick Chubb, that 2017 class as a whole, like most of them have never been cheaper. And like they've drastically dropped in price. Think of like Kamara oh, yeah. and Mixon and Dalvin Cook, like how much uncertainty surrounds those three. 
you know, it's McCaffrey's still up there in price. Um, but you know, I, I think those three in particular, Cook, Mixon, and uh, the other name I said, Fournette. But even Fournette. Well, Fournette too, another 2017 guy that's a free agent. But yeah, like the, all these guys, they've they've never been cheaper to acquire than they are now. And go get some Ajay P. Ryan because he's the starting running back in Denver right now. The forgotten man from 2017. <laughs> the one people took in 2017 rookie drafts that they wish they didn't. And the first, baby. Green time to free agents. Yeah, the, these, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Man, that was such a good class. And don't forget John Ross, baby. Woo, he was fast. <laughs> was Eckler in that? Or, or I guess he, Eckler wasn't drafted, but he was a UDFA, I think. Uh, he, I think, might have been twenty eighteen, but I, I think he he counts as one of those classes, even though he wasn't in the draft. It's just one of those, yeah. Again, UDFA right, running so backs that just hits. The so last another guy that maybe could be good, good to go by. Just this, well, I guess earlier in the off season when like, okay, is he going to hold out? Maybe that's still that fear. He might. Be. <sighs> I am scared. Don't don't again. Don't say those words. He's <sighs> not going to hold out. Don't worry. All right. Uh, best movie to watch on the fourth of July. Well, since the 4th of July is just Tuesday for you. Um, well, clearly the answer is Independence Day. Um, but in my household today, we watched uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey version, which is amazing. Um, Scoob, the newer CG Scooby-Doo movie. I fell asleep like 40 minutes in, but it was actually pretty good. Um, and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Those are the three movies we watched today. And... I would recommend all three of those. Well, it's funny well the first Robin, 40 minutes of Scoob, at least. Robin Hood, Men Tights, and Mel Brooks movie. And I think, every time I think of Independence Day and Bill Pullman's great speech, I think, and that was Lone Star and Spaceballs. Yep. So that would almost be my answer. I think I answered this in the, in the tweet, actually. I responded because I, I, I got so antsy that I just decided to respond to everyone beforehand. So all these people that answer these questions, they get it both in podcast and in tweet form. So. And uh, also little trivia here you have mel brooks to thank for bill pullman's speech in independence day because bill pullman was never wasn't in the movies before Spaceballs. he was a stage actor and mel brooks saw him and he's like no that, that, that's my lone star and put him in the movie so thanks saying there's a lot of reasons we should thank mel brooks but there, there's just one one on the oh so 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 like He's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Oscars this year. I love that, man. All right. this Okay, we have a question from Noob Engineer, and these are always long and fantastic. I haven't read this one yet, so let's hope it actually works that way. All right. I have always been lucky enough to listen. Aw, he's always been lucky enough to listen to us. And not draft for need historically. Avoided the pitfall of Keyshawn Vaughn and Trey Sermon because of this advice. But now this year I have fallen in love... I've fallen into loving these running backs like Kendra Miller and Devin A. Chain for similar draft capital as the Arby's mentioned. Am I being unreasonable in my love for guys like Sharb, Miller, A. Chain, Tank, and Roshan? I have some of these guys on teams in various states, contenders, and rebuilds, and I'm starting to question myself on my expectations. What are your expectations for their output this year and whether their values fall or rise? All right, so here's the difference between Kendra Miller, Devin A. Chain, and I'm going to, I mean, Roshan was a little later, but I, I really, really like Roshan Johnson. Like the second I heard converted quarterback, I'm like, Jarek McKinnon, let's go. You know, that that's my jam. Um, but the, the difference between those guys and Keyshawn Vaughn, Trey Sermon, uh, all of the other guys that I'm blank, finally blanking on that I can't just list off off the top of my head. Um, 
there was another Buccaneers guy. I can't remember. Did we do that to Ronald Jones? We probably did that to Ronald Jones. <laughs> the thing is, those guys got boosted to the James Cook. Like these guys got boosted to the end of the first, having nothing to do with the player. It had everything to do with landing spot and the fact that they, we just didn't have enough running backs. <laughs> you know, like there was no running backs in the middle of the first. There was no running backs in the beginning of the second. So we're just like, all right, we're going to take this running back that should be in the middle of the second and boost him to the end of the first because we need a running back to take there because we can't go this long without a running back. I I, I earned the 112, you know, I want a, t- a player that's going to make my team even better that it's going to, I'm going to be able to produce year one. Let me take a running back because their chances of producing year one are better, but they didn't belong there. They got pushed there for other reasons. Devin H was a lot of people's running back two or three Kendra Miller. A lot of people liked him and he just fell into a good spot. Like I, I think these are very all right, Tank and Roshan shouldn't be at the end of the first or even the beginning of this. Well, Roshan usually fell to like mid, late second. Tank was the beginning of the third. So that like I'm taking them out of this conversation because they're late enough where it's just if they work out, cool. If not, you didn't really lose much. But when when talking about A-Chain and I'm Charbonnet, I'm not even sure. Like I, I'm so mad at the Seahawks for that. It's almost the reverse of Sermon and and Vaughn. It's like, it's the opposite of the situation. That's that's the awful situation, but we love the the player a lot more. So like, no, like I I don't think it's bad process, A, loving these players and B, taking them at the end of the first, really, because that's where the three of them fell. Um, I took A-Chain so many times with like the 111-ish. Kendra Miller usually went right after and Charbonnet, somewhere before or after that depending on your draft like he he was rather variable he was one of the few players that it was only like a four to five spot variance but it was a little bit of back and forth um honestly i i see a world where all of these guys can produce if the dolphins don't sign dalvin i feel like a chain sort of has to uh kendra miller we it depends on what happens with Kamara, if this legal stuff ever actually happens or not, still not talking about it, so I have no idea. And like, whatever they have behind, oh yeah, they got a uh, Jamal Williams, right? All right, so neither of them are scoring touchdowns anyway, so it doesn't matter because that's just what Jamal Williams does. But like, I think all of these players, I really want Roshan to be a thing, and I think he can be a thing in Chicago because he's probably already the best pass catching back back there. Um, and Tank, I also think Tank has a role because Etienne is not in every down back. He's not the dude you want in there for third and three, like, and you're running a draw. Like, that's not really what you want. You, that's not what you want Etienne for. That's what you want Tank for. His name's Tank. That's what you want him for. So I think all of these guys should produce something this year, whether they're like fantasy relevant or not. I mean, they're rookies. It's impossible to say, but. Like I, I think all of these guys at their ADPs are good picks. I want to just even push the point even further with Roshan Johnson that, yeah, it seems like Khalil Herbert, not really a pass catcher, really bad in pass protection. Dante Foreman hasn't really had a receiving profile at all at the NFL. Seems like that's what Roshan brings to the table uh, right away. But I almost argue he's the best runner anyway. Not even just I wasn't ready catcher. to say it. I I was feeling it, but I wasn't. I wasn't ready to say it out loud. But I'm 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 here to ride your coattails for saying it. All right. So uh, one of the things I do, and this is all published on full press coverage. Uh, back to the, the plug at the start of the show. Uh, but uh, I 
I scout running backs pretty heavily relative to other positions. And I've got uh, my film grades, I think of 28 running backs this year and Roshan finished incredibly high. And frankly, all these guys that, that were mentioned other than I, I wasn't really high on tank Bigsby, but other than him, those, uh, those four names uh, that were mentioned by new engineer, I had them significantly higher than sermon and Vaughn. Like, I, I just think from a, from a natural talent standpoint, these are just better players. And then the, the draft capital works. I mean, other than Roshan, a lot of these, all these guys were second round picks relative to Vaughn and Sermon who were third round picks too. So even just like NFL capital, which seems to diminish every year for running backs, those guys yeah. still got better capital than them. So more better players, more in their profiles to say they deserve to be in those spots. I also think the context around is a big factor. And I looked this up because I thought, you know, just with this year, we just don't have that many receivers to take. Like in, in instances with Vaughn and Sermon, it wasn't even just what running backs – because, I mean, with, with Sermon, really, like, the, the two running backs you might have passed up to take him were Michael Carter and Ramondre Stevens. Like, those were the guys that, that should have been ranked ahead of Sermon, and I, I yep. actually did have both ranked ahead of Sermon. Uh, but that just seemed to be not. Like, no one in the community, or very few in the community, really had them ranked that way. So it's But it wasn't just the running backs you passed up on. It's what receivers did you not take, or even yep. you know, in some drafts, how late Justin Herbert fell with like Keyshawn Vaughn's year, like, should have taken Herbert instead of Keyshawn Vaughn, right? And I looked it up, and there were, in rounds one and two, 13 wide receivers taken in 2020, and then 10 in 2021. Only eight receivers this year in the first two rounds. So even just like we're looking at, and, and the receivers that went in the second round a lot of times weren't the guys we had pegged with the best profiles. Like I was really high on Josh Downs. He goes in the third round. I know yeah. some people who had Jalen Hyatt as a top three receiver in this class. He goes in the third round. So uh, you just had this big void of, of lack of receivers and uh, unless you were really to reach on a tight end, which this might've been the year to do it. But if you weren't willing to, the running backs seem like the natural best next best guys to go. So yeah, I, I, I agree. Certainly uh, Miller and a chain to me, I think worthy of being first round picks after I say is a flowers or Kincaid, whoever is the one ten, seems like that was a clear delineation of yeah. 10 players that went in the first round of the NFL draft. I, I almost always saw them all. I ever think, all the time saw them in the first round. Once you hit that one eleven, though, that's when things get wild. And you, you know, in the cases where I had picks there, I was either going uh, Miller. I don't. I actually don't have any A chain, but I would have. Uh, see, because to me, Miller was. I had him at RB two, RB three throughout the whole process. So I still have him at RB three now. So he's the guy I'm willing to take there. But it seems like there's an argument to be made for whoever. Certainly between A chain and Miller, and even some I've seen some drafts where Charbonnet was the third running back gone. Yeah, for sure. He's going ahead of them. So I think all three are worthy to be first round picks. So yeah. noob engineer, I don't think there's it's bad process at all. Sermon and Vaughn were just bad players. Yeah. All right. So I also asked in the tweet, what are your favorite foods to grill and what are your favorite barbecue sides? Uh, his favorite foods to grill are brats. His favorite side is mac and cheese because duh. Yeah, I'm pretty much there. Like that's like hot dogs are fine, but like Come on, step up your game. Go broad. Go big. It's so much. It's so much more fulfilling. It's so much more fun. It's just all around better. Ribs on the grill, man. I, I don't know. I, I, I oh love well, ribs. ribs literally always. Um, so at J Mike Check, his favorite grill food cheddar brats. Exactly. See, like that's also the good thing. Brats are big enough that things come inside of them. Hot dogs are just hot dogs, and you don't want to know what's inside of them. Uh, also favorite side, mac and cheese. 
And then his question is, if you could collaborate with any four artists to make an album, who would you choose? Are you a music guy? Yeah, so I, I am a musician, actually. So like my easy yeah. answer is one of the people I work with already, uh, PA the second, Patrick Pilla, who is my barber, by the way. So this Pat's Barber shirt, that's that's also him. So he's a, quite a multi-talented individual. Uh, great, you know, incredible singer. and uh, But even more impressive is him as a producer. So if I was to create an album with anyone, he would have to be the producer, I think. Uh, at the very least, co-producing with someone else. But I, I think he's... Not just the, the you know great performer, but mastermind behind it all. And that'll give the, the best possible sound, I think. So <clears throat> the three others really don't matter that much. Mm. I would say if I had to collab with someone, um, I would love to have Justin Chancellor from Tool. If I could like well, get different musicians from my favorite bands, well, yeah. just, like create a super band with it, I would want him as the bass player for sure. That's why I never understood a perfect circle. Like you took Tool... And you took away the drummer and the bass player, the two best parts. Adam Jones isn't in an either. This is this is totally Maynard doing his own thing. Yeah, like that's what I'm like. But like, I've always heard it as like, and you hear like, you know, he gets really much more deeply personal on a perfect circle than he does with Tool. It's that's uh, a very someone, someone's described it as you know, Tool is Maynard's brain, whereas a perfect circle is Maynard's heart when it comes to the lyrics. That is very cute, and I like that. I. Yeah. I okay. But, I will. I will take. I a like a perfect circle, from... but not as much as Tool. But there's also very few bands, if if really if any bands that I could say I like as much as Tool. So it's one of the it's one of those things. It's really funny. It's just like I grew up in like prime Dave Matthews Band era, and I respect every single person in that band because they are all fantastic at what they do. But when their powers combine, I hate it. <laughs> I just every couple of years I go back because you know my music tastes have absolutely changed over the years you know roller coaster of guitars and drums electric keyboard screaming angry stuff emo music like uh, let's just go with acoustic, acoustic stuff for a few years like and every couple of years and I do this with food too it's just like my tastes have changed let me try this stuff I didn't like and see maybe I do now can't do it just hate dave matthews bands but again they're really really good at what they do and but, i mean because i'm i play guitar right so I, I think to me i would okay what musicians even justin chancellor like i can't i can play bass but just not as good as him so like wh- who can bring something that i can't provide and i think uh, jose palace from incubus uh he's a drummer so he i mean i, I can kind of play drums i mean i, I say I, I can play drums but just not not as well as other instruments like guitar, for instance. Certainly not as well as Jose Palace can play. So uh, he's also a very talented artist, like like uh, visual artist. So there's your album cover designer as well. It's, I'm thinking of also multi roles uh, for the band. And then, See, it's really really funny because I it, I went a little bit different when I thought about this because I'm sitting here like, all right, I I got three people really. So the first two people I thought of right away were two people that literally can do every aspect of all of their music. I went with Dave Grohl and Trent Reznor because they have both made their album, you know, multiple albums completely by themselves that played every part, written it all. And, and then it's really funny because like, you'll talk about Trent Reznor these days. You'll be like, Oh yeah, that guy's make makes music for movies. He was in a band. 
I know I'm old. Go listen to Nine Inch Nails. They're fantastic. Um, but like, they're both fantastic at what they do. Dave Grohl is hilarious and very good and fun. So I figure that'll bring up a little bit of, you know, the entertainment. Trent Reznor could produce, makes exactly. movies about electronics. And first of all, his, like kind of a path, he's a producer too, as well. And, and like, his voice is fantastic. He's not, like, you hear Nine Inch Nails, you think angry, but I'm like, but he sang backup vocals for Tori Amos. Like, that. that's, well, that's a different kind of angry singing, but that's, that's a pretty angry singing. Um, and then after that, I'm just like, I want someone silly that doesn't fit in the rest at all here. And I went, like, for some reason, my mind went right to Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. And I'm like, I love his voice. It's, and then you you said he's also an artist. We could do that. I'm like, Gerard Way could do that also. Sure, yeah. You know, so I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. All right. I don't have a fourth. But like to me, I'll put the three of them in a room because, I mean, I used to be a musician. I haven't played anything in decades, but like I'll sit and watch them do whatever the hell they want. And, you know, I'll have a great time with that. Yeah, sure. All right. Our last question at Corey Provost. I have Fields, Anthony Richardson. Wow. It's been so long since I've talked rookies that I forgot who AR was for a second. Um, Tua and Pickett in Best Ball Superflex Dynasty. Should I be looking to trade one or hold all of them in case they are, or, or or hold all of them? They are all kind of volatile. What are your thoughts on that one? Sure, I guess I guess there's a lot of risk uh, with all of them, really, to a certain extent. But I also, with three of them, I see high upside, and with one of them, I really don't. So one of these things doesn't belong with the other, right? And I I, I wonder if can you sell Kenny Pickett for an equally as volatile quarterback, but is viewed as a more volatile quarterback. Pickett is the first rounder, maybe viewed as some stability, but even if he starts for quite a few years, are we really viewing a high upside performer? So can you, you know, can you trade Kenny Pickett for shoot like a Matthew Stafford plus, right? And then just, just to say like, especially, I guess, especially in best ball. Yeah. Cause you're not really, you're not picking, who who, uh, who plays right? So one of those big weeks where Cooper Cup scores multiple touchdowns, yep. you know, touchdown receptions from Stafford, maybe that helps. You know, you want to go really crusty and old and get Ryan Tannehill because I love Tannehill, but uh, it seems like his value has kind of plummeted. So if you sell Pickett for Tannehill, like what's that second piece you're getting that, especially in best ball, could be you know a threshold wide receiver that could see your lineup every so many weeks. That's probably going to be probably more of a chance to see your lineup than Pickett does. It. See, it's really funny because, like, you're taking this, like, a step further because in Superflex, I'm really just a two-quarterback guy. Like, I, I don't usually have a third because it's Superflex. You can start someone else in that spot if you have to. I don't like sunk value because if I'm holding, you know, if I'm in a regular Superflex league and I have Fields, Anthony Richardson, Tua, and Pickett, I might hold AR just to see what's going to happen, but I definitely would not have all four of them. And most likely I would end up moving two of them, but in best ball, I'm good holding three quarterbacks, but I'm also exactly with you. Pickett would be off my team. Like I just, and I, I mean, don't... To your, so you wouldn't even go for another quarterback. You were just no, give me two saying... wide receivers. Give me two starters yep. in my lineup. And yeah, that, and that might almost be the best way to sell them to someone who is desperate for a quarterback. Maybe you, okay, Pickett's at least a first rounder stability. That's where you, you get those best pieces. So yeah. Yep, yeah I forget what I was I, saying about the tear down. That's right. You can, you can spot start by a, a backup quarterback later in the season. If you, 
Yeah, I, I mean, you, assuming Anthony Richardson, we're assuming he's the starter, right? Like, so you're going to have Fields, AR, and Tua coming out. They're all playing. Fingers crossed two of them don't have the same bye weeks. And if that's the case, you're always going to have two quarterbacks in your lineup unless one of them just sucks, in which case there's nothing you could do about that anyway. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, I I like the idea if you want to load up and keep that sort of I don't know if that's positional advantage or not to have four and leave someone else with less. But if you can't, like you said, you believe in Kadarius Tony. Like if you went out and got Stafford and Tony for Pickett, like that feels like a great spot, especially again in best ball where you never have to decide to play him. But that one game where they use, I don't even know, like I don't want to be a jerk and say they use them on two gadgets because who knows what that team's going to be. And I don't want to call Tony a gadget player because I don't think he is that just that's how he scored his touchdown in the Super Bowl <laughs> you know like I, I want him to be more than that because he's fun to watch but like that's that's the play to me if you wanted to keep four quarterbacks I, I I love that idea of a trade sending Pickett for someone like Stafford or Tannehill and getting a, a wide receiver three out of it that has the ability for those spike weeks and I think both of them do if you want to keep a young QB room do you just trade Pickett for one of the guys who didn't go in the first round last year for a, like a Desmond Ritter or a Sam Howell, you might get. <sighs> that seems you like. You probably have less through. usable weeks than Stafford, right? Like it, it almost seems like the best play might be to just, maybe that's how a team feels like they're getting bailed out on the older quarterback and they're willing to give up a, a second significant piece or even like a, a wide receiver and a pick and like a three for one. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm not, cause like to me, Ritter is another one year rental of, okay. What do you what are you getting even like how many times are you going to see the lineup with two two and fields alone like it's probably really tough for him to have those spike yeah. weeks so yeah like just yeah push forward with the Stafford that almost probably uh, that was the first name that came to me again maybe I should just go with my instincts <laughs> first names first first thoughts on trades yeah and we do have one question in the chat and the question is. Are you trading Jacobs for a random first right now, given all the news around him? Josh Jacobs. Uh, yes. Um, news around him. What? Like that? You know. He, I guess they still. He still hasn't signed an extension, right? So, is there a potential I, like, I, holdout? Sorry, sorry, all I'm seeing right now is that he was left out of superstars list from NFL.com. I'm looking to see like what happened. I'm like, I don't. You know, Frank's always the one that tells us what the news is. I don't really know anything, but so I guess not. Were... Stup- not superstar Josh Jacobs was left off a superstar list. How's that news? NFL.com leaves out Raiders running back Josh Jacobs from superstar list. The guy with zero receiving touchdowns in his career isn't a, isn't a superstar in today's NFL. Like, see, that, that seems tough to me to, to call someone a superstar if they've never caught a touchdown pass. Yeah, but he's also put up top ten yeah, running back. Seasons 340 carries last year. Yeah, no, for sure. But it just seems like you know, if, if he's truly a superstar, he's he's going to catch at least one touchdown pass in his career, right? All right. Well, are you selling Josh Jacobs for any first? Or for this a is back to that, that like we were talking about earlier, right? Like Nick Chubb in a first, right? Because here's the thing. I, I think I'd, I'd rather have Nick Chubb than Josh Jacobs. So do you sell Jacobs for the first now and then buy use that first to buy Nick Chubb later? Probably easier to do that than, <laughs> than sell... That's probably well, that's a reason. because you're not going to get that swap, most likely. Yeah, I mean, wh- why is someone going, you know, giving up Chubb to, I guess, get a year younger? Well, I guess maybe. Well, I guess age-wise, there's a difference. There's only one year draft class year difference between them, but I guess 
Yeah, uh, I think, an older I, probably like two years though. Yeah, but either way, I th- I think I'd be willing to because I'm the the 300 touch because I just mentioned he had 340 carries. He also had like 50 catches last year, which is crazy. And again, he's had like 103 res- catches just over the last two years, and still zero receiving touchdowns. It's kind of funny. Um, maybe that's a Derek Carr problem, but I the there is some concern with the th- you know 300. 50 touch running backs next the the following season very rarely live up to those expectations. And so Josh Jacobs for the first time in his career has kind of exploded to get over 300 touches and he, and he kind of, he smashed past, I think he had 390 touches if I'm not mistaken. So Uh, around there, I think he poses for, we'll say just top 12 running backs in dynasty. He probably poses one of the biggest injury risks. I mean, obviously you've got Brees Hall in that top 12 who is injured. So uh, but like just of, in terms of, you know, Jacobs, there, there might be a, a letdown this year and there might be inefficiencies or it might just be you know more prone to injuries after having so many carries last year. So I, uh, um, yeah, okay. So yeah, there, uh, I guess I'm seeing Frank's mentioning that there's a, a, a wee rumor that Josh Jacobs would skip week one at this point. Again, potential of a holdout. So yeah. if that's... More risk there, but I view I view just again his usage last year is more of a bigger risk to me. So either way, there, there's multiple factors of risk there. Probably safer to get that first now. If he, if he holds out, he might never recoup that value of being worth the first, right? So yeah, it's one of those things. I don't think I'm going out and seeking, but if it gets sent to me, I would heavily consider it because honestly, like regardless of what he scored the past few years, his value never really jumped to where it should have been to me. So I still think a 24 first is what you should be happy with for him. So if it's something you were looking to do, yeah, you take that 24 first. If you're not looking for it and someone sends it to you, like, I love that idea of selling Jacobs for the first and then wait a month and, you know, swap that for Chubb. Of course, a lot of things need to go your way for that to actually work out. But like that, the idea of that, I like the sound of. So I think I'm there for that. But again, I don't think it's something I, I don't think I seek to move Josh Jacobs right now. That's actually a good point you made about him, just like because his value not spiking. He was he was basically right alongside Eckler and McCaffrey in terms of points per game last year. Like, yep, could have easily been the RB one. I think I think he finishes the RB three, but he did it, it was by so few points where you know one one receiving touchdown probably makes him RB one. Uh, but really, if you look at running back rankings in dynasty, I don't see very many where he's ahead of Eckler or McCaffrey or even that close. No, he's usually around like that 10 to 12 area, which is ridiculous. I went to going for two.com to look at our consensus rankings. And I just thought of in my head, like, because I have Jacobs at RB 10, whereas I have Eckler at RB four and McCaffrey at RB three. He's younger than them. And he basically did what he did production wise, but yet there's just so much of a risk of that. Can he repeat that? Whereas with Eckler and McCaffrey, it's based so much on receptions and they've, earn targets every year that we view it as more predictable. At least I yeah. do anyway. No, I can uh, see the that. The consensus is actually bad. It, going for two, our consensus is RB7 for Jacobs, whereas yes. it's six for Eckler. But we also have, like, Ryan Searfoss down at RB19 for Jacobs, whereas, like, yeah. like Eckler, impressively low. Yeah, like, the lowest anyone has McCaffrey is five, lowest anyone has Eckler is eight, so... Like the the volatility of of where you'll see in consensus rankings, I'm sure Jacobs swings quite you know rapid you know quite large relative to those other guys. So yeah, he, 
all to say, though, I don't see any of these rankings where Jacobs is ahead of Eckler. So no. none be. of us seem to value him that way, even though he produced that way. But that's not just a, a you know those making rankings thing. It seems like if you go to your leagues, that's the general consensus on that. If you tried to, you know, if you tried to just sell Josh Jacobs to buy McCaffrey, the McCaffrey manager is probably not doing it because they probably feel more safe with the points McCaffrey's going to get and. Jacobs is still like he's on a franchise tag. He's done his rookie contract. You're not getting that much of a of an age younger player if you, if you want to like move off of McCaffrey for a younger player. You're not really getting that with Jacobs. All right. Well, that is the end of our show sheet and the end of our questions in the comments. So that's going to be the end of our show. Thank you, Kyle, for coming on and just stealing the soul of my co-host and sitting in his chair right away. So I appreciate that transition period you gave. Uh, for me. But before we head out, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? So I'm the guy that likes to interrupt people on podcasts. I'm Kyle Senra. At Senra He's says. good at it. Thank you. <laughs> gotta be good at something, right? Uh, you know, I think I'm okay at fantasy football. But uh, yeah, I've got the Full Press Fantasy Pod, the Full Press Packers Pod. I co-host both of them. And if you, you like Rocky, and I, and I suppose most people <laughs> do listen to the show do, uh, Rocky was a, a guest on our most recent episode of the Full Press lot of fun if you want to find out which players rocky is rostering most of in his leagues that's a, a great insight into if you listen to the show you know it's kirk cousins and deontay johnson oh actually there's another name oh. and i won't I, i'm not even going to spoil it on the show maybe i'll tell us after just not make him suffer but yeah go, go check out the full press fantasy pod if you want to find out who is i'm going to dm you at like player. three in the morning it's this guy isn't it and because it's gonna i gotta want to know it's uh, i'm gonna i want to try and figure this one out uh, but yes uh yes. i also at Going for Two, uh, Going for Two Live, got a couple live shows there. The Dynasty Gambit press coverage. Uh, just, just subscribe to the Going for Two YouTube page. At Going for Two Live, uh, switch it up on YouTube and, and subscribe. And because uh, there's not just those two shows, like there's tons of shows on the network. Almost every night of the week, there's uh, programming. So uh, Jeff Lambert just did a fantastic job creating Going for Two, creating this live network for us for us to do these podcasts and on the YouTube channel. So again, subscribe to the Going for Two Live YouTube page. Very cool. And I mean, I don't really, whatever, uh, at fishbowl merch on Twitter, go bio link, buy some awesome fishbowl merch and money from that proceeds. That's the word goes to fantasy cares, which goes to, well, that is a charity and which will end up going to get kids some awesome stuff for the holidays. And that's awesome. 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 I'm out of words. So I'm going to bed. Bye everybody. I always hit the wrong button. I end up, I, I'm like, all right, bye, let's go. I'm like, yeah, I want to leave. So I'm going to hit the leave button. No, I have to hit the end broadcast button. That's the button you're Thank, thank you for listening to the Great Attic Podcast. A member of the DLS Family of Podcast. And a proud member in the Dynasty Attic Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FS Attic. Subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.